Hi there! Welcome to episode 63 of the Wave Back Music Podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Matt. And we're here to listen to the most interesting video game music there is. What you were just listening to is a portion of one of those Smash Brothers dream come true situations for me. It comes to us from Little Mac stage in Smash 4. Little Mac being a character I've wanted in Smash since day one. We've reached the penultimate episode in our Smash Brothers musical extravaganza, and tonight's episode is going to be our most franchise-spanning one yet. Don't miss on that Smash Ball, because tonight we're going to listen to the remaining fighters' music from the Super Smash Brothers series. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we're we're kind of running out of time on this Smash Brothers thing in order to just not have the Waveback podcast turn into the Smash Brothers podcast. You know, if you're just uh, tuning in, it probably <laughs> definitely feels that way. Yeah, because this is uh, volume six of our Smash Brothers uh, situation here. Hey, man, it's six a really expansive seven. game. It really is. Uh, so tonight we're going to be focusing on... Um, uh, a single song from most of the remaining fighters in the game. Now, uh, there are a couple of franchises here that have just incredibly massive numbers of songs that are in the Smash Brothers games, and uh, particularly Pokemon and Fire Emblem. To only hit one song from each of those, I know, is somewhat sacrilegious to some uh, to to folks in the universe. But since uh, I don't know, I'm the host, and I don't really care about Fire Emblem <laughs> and Pokemon. <laughs> I can't say I don't care about Pokemon. I just don't have uh, much of an attachment outside of the uh, the first game that I've only played relatively recently. So, I mean, there's a lot uh, of honorable mentions, of course. The, yeah, really, there's just... I mean, I'm also only giving one F-Zero song, and I love F-Zero. So it's... Uh, it's, just, <sighs> it's just proof that there's just too much good music out there. Exactly. There's just too much good music. Um, so every everyone we're talking about tonight has a has a as has a stage has a uh, um, a character in the game that they are uh, representing, and uh, we're just gonna kind of roll right through. So uh, let's get started, Matt. What do you think? Uh, I think this is a great place to start. I agree. The beginning is the best place to start. Always has been. So the first song we're going to be listening to uh, hails to us from the F-Zero series. This is Mute City version 2, originally appearing in Smash Brothers Brawl. This arrangement comes to us from Yasufumi Fukuda of Soul Calibur 4, Ace Attorney Investigations, and Sonic Generations fame. So that's a... Well, we got Namco, Capcom, and Sega <laughs> uh, under this guy's belt. Um, the original is uh, the uh, is Mute City from the original F Zero. The soundtrack to that game was by Yumiko Ka- Yumiko Kanki and Naoto Ishida. Uh, the original F Zero being a Super NES launch title and one of my go tos. I still play F Zero uh, more than more than you'd think. <laughs> I, it was a great game, and and the it being a launch title, I thought was was brilliant too. I thought it was a great game. It's a really great showcase for the um the the Super FX chip. Yeah. And I've loved uh, almost every sequel. Uh the first um what is the first GBA one something velocity hype ter- terminal velocity, I don't know what it was. Some <laughs> sort of velocity. <laughs> yeah. Um boy, oh that's going to drive me nuts. What was the first GBA one? Cuz I didn't play the sequel that was based on the um the anime at the maximum time. Maximum velocity. Maximum velocity. I didn't play GP Legend, but I loved Maximum Velocity when it came out. I loved F-Zero X for N64, and I adore the darn near impossible F-Zero GX for GameCube. Um, But the original F-Zero had a very, um, uh, for the series, a relatively unique soundtrack, because um, 
it didn't really strike um, that most of the F Zero games followed it. That followed it really went with a very uh, heavy guitar uh, metal inspired, uh, not even metal, like hairband inspired rock music. Yeah. Um, and uh, the original F Zero just had video game music and great video game music at that. Uh, and the Mute City theme is one of the few themes that's uh, uh, from the original game that's really stuck with the series ever since uh, its inception. So here's your, your quick reminder of what the original Mute City sound like. Enjoy. that in your head it is time to move on to our first track of the night mute city version 2 from super smash brothers brawl arranged by yasufumi fukuda enjoy
Suit City version 2 from Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Matt, how did you like that one? I liked it a lot, actually. I think my, uh, I think it kind of comes out of nowhere. The original is great, uh, by the way. I like what I, One of my favorite parts about the original is that driving bass line. That, um, mm-hmm. I guess it gives it that like hair metal, you know, a little punk kind of feel to it. And then they recreate it here, obviously, with the, the driving guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I absolutely dig what they've done with it. My favorite part, though, is the very beginning, and they do the hits, like, a, like oh, an yeah. actual, like, rock metal tune. And, you know, when you hear about it for the, when you, excuse me, when you hear it for the first time, it's almost like, what, what? Because it takes so long for it to kind of hit again. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it kind of explodes into this, like, Dragon Force song, which, you know, <laughs> yeah. good or bad, hit or, you know, uh, hit or miss or like or not. I think it's, uh, I think it's fantastic. And then I agree. There's uh, there's one other element not to cut you off. Um, the orchestration hits on the synthesizer. Mm-hmm. There's this popped into my head it, uh, immediately. There's something uniquely dated about orchestra hits on a synthesizer in a song. No, but, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely. But for this, I think it works because it somehow dates the song, but not in a stale way. Like it gives it. Um, Almost as a reference point, if that makes yeah, sense. more like an homage kind of a thing, you know. Yeah, like this uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, work hits are very, uh, very dated, um, but I do think that it works here in, in keeping it feeling fresh, but also kind of throwing back to, um, I, I not necessarily its roots, but you know, because there weren't a lot of work hits in the original uh, right. SNES uh, F Zero soundtrack, but there were a lot of orchestra hits at during that era. Um, you know, there's there's some in the Mario World soundtrack for crying out loud. There's they were kind of all over the place. Um, what I like a, lo- a lot about this is how it doesn't really uh, necessarily try to turn it into um, uh, just a straight up rock song, which is how mm-hmm. Mute City has been um, uh, treated through a lot of other F Zero games. Um, it does kind of pay um not necessarily pay homage. It just kind of um. It presents itself as a video gamey tune. Like the again, this is a really a really uh, smart use of piano to just kind of I guess class the whole thing up. And I just love the the combination of the the the, the kind of like a butt rock uh, crazy shredding on guitar that's going <laughs> on. But then you've also got this you know piano and strings going on in the background to just kind of keep it. Uh, I guess keep it cool. Um, it's it's a really really nice version of this this song and um, it's it's also one that I haven't listened to a ton on its own. Um, yeah, for some reason I, I I I skip this track more than I should. And as we were just listening to it now, I'm just thinking to myself, man, this really is good. This really is a really great version of this song. I'm glad I picked it. Yeah, uh, I I failed to mention the piano part too. There's something kind of classy about a piano and a rock tune. But no, but there's something about just hitting the the notes, the boom, boom, you know, while everything's going crazy around that gives it kind of like a, a nice, I guess, foundation's the word. Mm-hmm. I think it, it it's it's such a great accompaniment to the full on piece. And it, it it does add to the um, the overall, I guess, epic nature that they're going for with this one. I know you're not yeah. a huge fan of that word, but it just it just kind of fits <laughs> um, because Mute City is a really impressive looking uh, backdrop. And even and in, in Smash Brothers as well, any stage that this is attached to is always pretty impressive. So uh, I, I really, really love this tune. Um, I love this reimagining of it. 
So it's time to move off of uh, F-Zero and move on to the second franchise we'll be talking about tonight, which is Pokemon. Um, Matt, do you have a... What is your Pokemon history? Uh, I downloaded Pokemon Go for a little while and then I stopped playing it. (laughs) (laughs) History of Pokemon, uh, it's very limited when when it was starting to really catch on i was at an age where i was like i hate everything <laughs> so <laughs> gotcha. i never never touched it uh never messed around with any any of it never watched the show um nothing like that so i have very well, limited if you go back to our pokemon episode we did a while back for the anniversary of the series i also didn't have much history with pokemon i, I was never a fan but i went back and tried to play the original pokemon blue and um, I, I, I rather enjoyed it. It's, it's a pretty decent game. Uh, and what impressed me most about it was the music. Um, the original Pokemon music in uh, Pokemon Blue is really, really good. Um, so what we're going to be listening to is a rendition of two songs that I really, really like from the original Pokemon. Uh, a mashup of those two songs. Uh, and this is comes to us from Super Smash Bros. Brawl, and the track is called Road to Viridian City from Pallet Town slash Pewter City. Uh, this arrangement is done by Shogo Sakai, who you've heard us talk about a lot in the Smash Brothers series, uh, notable for his work on Kirby Air Ride, Mother 3, and Kirby Mass Attack, uh, among others. The original from Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow is done by Junichi Masuda, um, it really, the original Pokemon has just, just a, a delightful soundtrack. Um, it, it was a really good episode that we did uh, back when we covered that one, and I'm glad we did it. Uh, so the, the two songs that it's pulling from are actually um, uh, Road to Viridian City and Pewter City's theme. Uh, so it's kind of both of those tunes uh, uh, mashed together into this one song. So here is a brief refresher, or if you've never played them like uh, me up until a couple of years ago, this is what the originals sounded like. So uh, here we go. Let's dive right into Road to Viridian City from Pallet Town and Pewter City uh, by Shogo Sagai from Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Enjoy.
have Road to Viridian City from Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Um, yeah. <laughs> big, big dumb, you know, big dumb smile on my face uh, with the the very uh, marching band esque take on the Road to Viridian City track. But uh, really, the the pewter city bit when it goes into that um uh, just undistorted, uh, very clean electric guitar playing uh the pewter city theme like wow that <laughs> just that gives me a little chills every time because the pewter city theme is 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 gorgeous this junichi misuda what he accomplished with the original game boy just really 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 made that platform sing and um the, the this this take on that particular part of it i i think is really good i, I could kind of take or leave the first chunk of this tune but honestly when it goes into that uh that that clean guitar playing uh pewter city it's just it easily makes this far and away my favorite uh pokemon theme that they've done in this game um you know I, i've li- i've heard all the songs before and even if i've never really paid attention to the originals that they were from i know the original pokemon soundtrack pretty thoroughly now and this one um this this is the one that really sticks with me more than the others it's a, it's another beautiful rendition of you know older music with um you know the chiptune sound i think uh i think they did a fantastic job of uh what what were we saying in other episodes? Essentially, orchestrating music that probably wanted to be orchestrated when it was first made, but yeah. given the capabilities, you know, and and that's exactly what this is. Um, the 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 Pewter City uh, piece is is I think it's fantastic, and yeah, it's like like you said, big dumb smile. It's a very feel good kind of like like I defy you to just sit here with a you know a scowl on your face or something like. You're you're lying to yourself or something, and then when it when it um when it descends into the secondary portion, just those beautiful little like um I don't know twinkles I guess they they just fit so nicely. And when when the orchestration hit uh within the first three seconds, I immediately remembered this from Brawl, and I said, "Oh my yeah. god, this sounds familiar." <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, it's because it's from Brawl again." My only history with the game, but yeah. It's good. It's a great track. It's a it's a beautiful track. Yeah, I'm 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 happy that uh, this this is uh, the one that I picked to to represent Pokemon because I I think it's I think it's wonderfully done. Shogo Sakai has clearly done a a metric ton of outstanding work for the Super Smash Brothers <laughs> yeah. soundtrack over the years. So, all right, from one turn based RPG to another, it's time to move on to Earthbound. Uh, the Earthbound or Mother series has been uh, represented pretty darn well in the smash series over the years um with uh ness being one of the original unlockable characters in uh, smash brothers for n64 uh the theme that we're going to be listening to this evening comes to us from smash 4 uh this is the i've always been torn on how to pronounce this because i've always i've always heard it pronounced as on it um because it's o-n-e-t-t but it's there's like a theme with the the town names it's one it Tucson, Threed, and Foreside. You ah. know? So I kinda wanna call it one it. I've always wanted to 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 call it that. So that's what I'm going with. Hey, darn it. It's, it's I your, call it one it. It's your show. <laughs> it is my show. Darn it. And I'll call it one it if I want to. <laughs> I want it to. Ha uh, this is the Want It theme slash Winter's theme um, in Smash 4, uh, which uh, is done by Asuka Hayazaki. 
Uh, she has done work in Four Swords Adventures, uh, New Super Mario Brothers, and Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks. Uh, the original hails to us from Earthbound, or Mother 2, uh, the original done by Keiichi Suzuki and Hirokazu Tanaka. Um, I-, I couldn't really break down exactly which tracks were done by who on the original Earthbound soundtrack. Uh, both of the uh, uh, Tanaka and Suzuki were credited as the composers for this series. And... Um, this samples, uh, uh, like it says, kind of in the, the, the title, two different tracks. It's the uh, Sunrise and One at Theme, uh, as well as the Winter's Theme, uh, which on the soundtrack that, I, am, uh, that I, uh, I have for Earthbound is called There is a Genius, or In Winters. So um, let's uh, go ahead and give a quick listen to the originals that this one is based on. So now that we've got, got those uh, those tunes in our head, let's go ahead and listen to this wonderful take on uh, one theme slash winter's theme from Smash Four, and pay pay particular attention to just just how faithful the intro to the one theme is to uh, the weird crunchy noises that go on in the background. <laughs> uh, I I love this tune. Uh, enjoy. <laughs>
right, there you have one at theme slash winter's theme from Smash 4. How'd that one grab you, Matt? <laughs> um, <laughs> I got to say the original winter's theme is a very uh, beautiful piece of music. Um, of the two, I actually think I like that one a lot more. And there's, uh, there's that part there towards, uh, I don't know, after the first big portion of the song that it kind of trails off and does that, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, delayed thing or whatever and I was kind of hoping to hear that uh, in this piece but you know in listening to the whole piece it doesn't fit I I couldn't imagine where you would put it but overall it's a fantastic job of uh, I guess duplicating both original pieces and actually when the track started I thought they basically just took they didn't even bother like recreating that very small intro to um Yeah, it sounds so similar like that that weird kind of like a uh, chorusy synth sound that mm-hmm. goes along with it. But when you listen to them both immediately back to back, you you can hear that it's a it's higher quality instruments that are playing it. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. And and again, I, fantastic job doing it. Yeah, um I, I this is one of those situations where I do think I prefer both of the original versions of it. Uh, to the Smash Brothers one, mm-hmm. but that said, I really do enjoy this. Uh, I really, really enjoy this version too. The um, the kind of trumpety version to kind of spice up the 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 energetic nature of uh, the Sunrise and One It theme. Uh, I I think is fun. It's it's a neat take on it. Um, have you played Earthbound? No, it's definitely on my list. Uh, I'm trying to figure out the best way to play older, you know, cartridge games. Without you know going crazy and and you know really picking them up and you well, know. Earthbound is on the uh, Super NES Classic Edition, so if you uh, you get your hands on one of those, that's a really good way to play it. And so is Super Metroid, so and Castlevania, that's, so hmm. Yeah, Super uh, the Super NES Classic Edition is worth uh, really really worth the the time, even if you don't mod it and dump all the uh, games that aren't on it. The games that are there are really just just top notch. Yeah. Um, but I I've I played Earthbound. Um, very briefly, when it originally came out, I had rented it, and uh, I thought, "Wow, this game is, is pretty cool." I'm not, I, I wasn't a huge fan of turn-based RPGs, mm-hmm. um, and this game is obtuse as heck, especially in the beginning. Um, but I did enjoy my time with it, but not enough to really like rush out immediately and buy it. And it was one of those situations where I kept passing it by in my store when it would come in. So I worked at Funkolin at the time. You're like, yeah, I'll just pick it up later. It's a, it's a Nintendo game that they never really disappear. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> yeah, were you? Uh, but I got myself a, uh, I did eventually, you know, pay a decent amount of money for, for getting a cartridge. And I got a, I got a repro box for mine because, um, Earthbound came in one of those super big boxes, mm-hmm. and so I got uh, from UncleTusk.com Uncle makes a standard size box for Earthbound, so I can just oh, line it up on cool. my shelf with my other games. I love it. Really um, quick about Earthbound, uh, I remember getting Nintendo Power, and Earthbound was the game of the month or whatever that they were really uh, reviewing and, and showcasing, and I remember they did this scratch and sniff uh, cards that went along oh, with yeah. Earthbound. This and game stinks. Yeah, yeah, it really did. But I won't lie, it totally piqued my interest to play it as a kid, and I just never got around to it. I wonder. Yeah, if- I really liked the the art direction and the ad campaign for this thing. A lot of people, yes. I think, were turned off by it. Um, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a little quirky. But I I've come to understand that Earthbound is a, a little left of center, and that's kind of enti- uh, that's more enticing. <laughs> very left of center. It is a strange uh. game, but it's a very endearing game. Um, when I finally yeah. did beat it, I actually played through it on the um, 
Wii U virtual console that mm-hmm. they put it on. And uh, uh, that was how I played through the game to completion. And uh, it's really a special experience. I, I highly recommend playing it if uh, you're a fan of RPGs. I am. And it's funny you say you're not a fan of turn-based. I love turn-based. And I'm actually... I do now. I'm I upset they the don't time. exist nowadays. Uh, less so, but they yes. do seem to be making a bit of a comeback, uh, especially yeah. in uh, Square's department. You know, they did um, uh, the Bravely Default and Bravely Second games on 3DS were massively successful, and so they just released that Octopath Traveler game. Yeah. Um, so I think Square is realizing that there is still very much an audience for turn-based sure. RPGs. Sure, I'm, I'm their audience. <laughs> yeah, so. and you know what? I've, I've grown to like them quite a bit. Uh, the oh, first good. one that really connected with me was Chrono Trigger. So uh. um, I, I, learning, <clears throat> learning to be... Uh, to understand turn-based RPGs, uh, then went back to play things like Final Fantasy three mm. and uh, another fantastic you know, I, one. I, I cut my teeth originally on the original Dragon Warrior for NES, and that oh, was yeah. just that did. I loved the music in that game and kind of the world that it presented, but I was very bored by the turn-based nature of the game, uh, and it wasn't until Chrono Trigger that it all clicked. But yeah, uh, that's a a tangent. Uh, yes, a tangent, yes, 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 yes. Su- super long tangent there. Yeah, so um, absolutely. Moving on from Earthbound to uh, yet another game series that uh, has not had all of its uh, uh, chapters localized here in America. Please localize Mother 3 because I want to play that game. Mm. Uh, We're going to be talking about the Fire Emblem series next. Um, This is a series that just has never connected with me. I have tried uh, on on a couple occasions. It's just uh, I'm not much of a strategy RPG guy. Um, Are you? Um, I'd say yes. I mean, one of my favorite games is, um, is Ogre Battle, uh, March of the Black Queen. Okay. You know, I like games yeah. that, uh, I like RPG games, obviously. I like turn-based RPG games, obviously. Uh, I do like games that offer you a bit of customization. I like games that, you know, they give you a little more control. If it's going to be linear, you know, you, you have a little bit, uh, more hands-on you know, then say something like a, you know, a simple Castlevania or whatever. It's, you know, start to finish, boom, boom, boom. Or uh, oh, what's, a, you know, an RPG like that? I, I don't know. But I, I, I dig I dig the element of it. Funny enough, though, I don't think I've played a second of uh, Fire Emblem. Yeah, no, I don't think. I may have played part one a little bit of it, but so few, so little of it that I can even, I can't even recall it. Well, um, uh, I played a brief uh, demo of um, Fire Emblem Awakening, and I did dig it, but it was one of those things is like, I'm just never going to have time for this. But uh, now that I'm thinking about it, now that the, the way I've been playing the Switch, I bet I would be able to do a Fire Emblem game, and I've always been interested in the mythology. Uh, I like the world. I like most of the characters that I've seen from it, but most of my interaction with Fire Emblem has been in the Smash Brothers series. Uh, the, but regardless of our history with Fire yeah. Emblem, the uh, the song that we're going to be listening to is Fire Emblem Theme, originally showing up in Smash Brothers Brawl, uh, and this uh, particular uh, arrangement. Boy, I forgot what that <laughs> word was. This arrangement it comes to us again from Shogo Sakai. Uh, I, I the, thought your batteries ran out. <laughs> they they kind of did. <laughs> the uh, the original. Um, uh, I, f- I get the suspicion that there's more to this than I know, um, because, again, I don't have a huge history with Fire Emblem. I feel like this song, uh, this particular version of the Fire Emblem theme is pulling from more than one tune, mm-hmm. um, but the only one that I know that it's pulling from is the original Fire Emblem tune 
from the original Fire Emblem, which uh, was done by Yuka Sujioko and Hirokazu Tanaka. That's right. Hip Tanaka worked on this as well. Um, and it's a really cool tune. This was one of those songs that I had never actually heard before doing research for this episode, because uh, like, like I said, they, they, this game never came to America, at least the original version of it. Uh, so here's, here is, um, probably for many of you, the first time hearing the uh, Famicom version of the original Fire Emblem theme. Enjoy. Well, now that we're uh, now that you're acquainted with uh, what the original sounds like from Famicom, here is a uh, uh, a version you've probably heard before. Here is Fire Emblem theme, uh, originally appearing in Super Smash Brothers Brawl, arranged by Shogo Sakai. Enjoy. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
So there was uh, the Fire Emblem theme, complete with Latin lyrics. Uh, can you even imagine what it must feel like to be uh, Yuka Tsuchiyoko or, or Hip Tanaka, having worked on that original song for the Famicom, and then hearing it just expanded? Like, this song doesn't really mean anything to me, but just listening to it, especially after hearing the original version, is just like... Wow, it's really, it's a. I mean, it's 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 a gorgeous piece of music. I I don't know what the Latin <laughs> the Latin lyrics are at all, uh, and it's it's borderline over the top. Yeah. Um, oh, I'll say so. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it so fits within the uh, the aesthetic of the Fire Emblem franchise, um, and uh, it, it's just the, this song puts a big dumb smile on my face again. Big dumb smile. Uh, just from the basic, I, I love hearing. You know, remember when we were listening to the the Kirby one last mm-hmm. week, the the Fountain of Dreams. Yep. It's just like, wow, <laughs> how you got from point A to point B. This is a bit more literal, obviously, because yes. uh, just the the music and the original Fire Emblem I, I always had that sort of orchestral quality to it. But wow, man, just just as as in depth as one could ever possibly dive into uh, this original tune, uh, and I, I think it's great. It, the um hearing the latin and you know the uh the operatic parts kind of makes me laugh and like maybe giggle like a like a small boy when he hears the word butt um <laughs> but like in a good way you know like it's yeah it's 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 a beautiful piece of music there's, there's no denying that and yeah i know exactly what you mean like here you are, you you know, you're in your 20s, you're in your 30s, you create this piece of music and, you know, of course, you're very happy and proud of it and it goes off in a video game and you move on to the next thing and, you know, some 10, 20 years later, all of a sudden this thing comes back around again like a boomerang, but it comes with such force and fervor, you're, you have to be bowled over by it. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine a, a, a relatively simple melody of mine being played by an orchestra like this. I mean, like... 
And these these guys aren't joking around. Like no. you can tell, they're taking this very seriously. Yeah, yes, they it's are. <laughs> a, it is very very sincere. What what the like the the people singing this tune mean every Latin word of it. <laughs> um, look, I I I know this is one of those those Fire Emblem is so overrepresented in Smash. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That there are that there are as many, if not more. I I don't remember what the final tally is now, but there's at least as many Fire Emblem characters as there are Zelda characters. Uh, the only franchise that has more representation is the Mario series because it's freaking Mario. But that Fire Emblem has so much representation in Smash is is absurd to me. And um, but Sakurai clearly loves that franchise and. Well, uh, th- I, 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 there's a ton, a ton of Fire Emblem music in Smash, um, but for me, picking one was relatively simple because, like I said, I don't have a ton of a connection to it, so I just picked the one that's the most um, emblematic hey. of the series. <laughs> so uh, I promise I didn't do any of these uh, intentionally. I'm just making up these segues as I go along, but coming from. Uh, one uh, s- song with uh, indistinguishable lyrics to another. <laughs> uh, I I, lo- I love I love this so much. This is so ridiculous. The fact that there's an Animal Crossing character playable in Smash <laughs> is still so. F- the villager is hysterical to me. I love Animal Crossing. I did I, I too. Am- I oh, did too. I have spent a stupid amount of time in it. Which one did you spend time with? Uh, the DS one. Oh, okay. All right. That was um, Animal Crossing. Yeah, that was Wild World. Yeah. Oh, okay. City Folk was the Wii game. That's right. Um, I, I, the only one I really haven't played much of is City Folk. I played uh, a ton of the original GameCube one, a ton of Wild World, a ton of uh, New Leaf. Uh, and when Animal Crossing comes out on Switch, I will dedicate my life to that as well because I, <laughs> I really love me some Animal Crossing. Um, and I have always felt a very deep, loving connection to the character of Cap'n. I love Cap'n so much. Uh, in the original game, uh, was actually probably where I spent the most time with Cap'n because you could do that, uh, connect the Game Boy Advance to it and go to the little Game Boy Advance island and get just a, a crap load of bells. Uh, and every time you go to the, your your special island, you would hear these uh, great little shanties from Captain, who would <laughs> just sing this ridiculous stuff. So one of the songs uh, presented in Animal uh, for in, in Smash Brothers uh, from Smash Four uh, is Captain's Song, which is a mashup of, from what I gathered, uh, Captain Song One from the original Animal Crossing for GameCube, and Captain Song from Animal Crossing New Leaf. Uh, this particular amalgamation of these songs comes to us from uh, Shohei Sukiya, uh, who has done work on Tenshu, Tenshu Fatal Shadows, Darius Burst, and Arkanoid vs. Space Invaders, which is an awesome mobile game, by the way, Arkanoid vs. Space Invaders. Mm. Uh, the original tunes are uh, come to us from Kazupi... Kazu- ugh, <laughs> hi. <laughs> Kazumi Totaka, uh, who we've uh, we've spoken about on this podcast before, has done a, a, a lot of great work for Nintendo over the years, uh, and the character of KK Slider is uh, loosely based on Kazumi Totaka. So, what we're going to play you now is a 
the two shanties that this uh, is uh, more <laughs> or less based on. Uh, and then when we come back, we'll move on to the song. So, so here are here are your shanties to get you in the mood. So now that we have uh, now that we have that in our heads, uh, let's go ahead and listen to Captain Song from Smash Four, uh, presented to us from Shohei Sukiya. I apologize if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Not that you're listening. <laughs> Enjoy. Oh, 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 
<laughs> oh, that's Captain Song <laughs> from Smash Four. <laughs> I love so much about that track. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's so majestic. It's like talk about coming from humble, the humblest of beginnings. Yeah. <laughs> a sea shanty song sung by a derelict turtle. That's just like. <laughs> Oh and God. they just they just made it magical with the 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 the, the ska and the trumpets and the it's I, it's all about the ska <laughs> man like that that's what makes that track it's so great I mean and it's it, the fact that they just kept his his original singing quote unquote yes. singing on top of it is just it really just ties the whole thing together and then when they they go into the trumpets themselves playing uh the captain song from the original animal crossing uh when they go into that bit and you hear the sound of captain talking because like if you've ever played animal crossing the sound of the characters talking is unmistakable it's just Mm -hmm. unforgettable then (laughs) the weird garbledy gook that they say oh god the fact that they incorporate that in there but then when it comes back from that it's just the the trumpet trills and everything is so majestic and so <laughs> uh, it's it's so joyous i i uh, god i love it god i love it just just purely wonderful there is nothing i can say that will add to what you just said <laughs> it's it's just a fan it's a fun song it's just a straight up fun song so it, it is a fun song and animal crossing is one of those things that's um it's really fun to have in smash because um it's a it's a game series that's meant so much to me over the years and that i've spent so many hours playing so when you get to see a celebration of that and um taking the relatively simplistic music of animal crossing and putting it into the uh the wild world of smash brothers music i mean there's really there's there is some great animal crossing stuff on the smash soundtrack please 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 don't be limited to this podcast go go find it go listen to it there's just a bottomless well of uh, of great stuff this one just tickles me beyond reason uh because it because it's freaking great well i don't have a great segue for this one <laughs> so we're just gonna, winners man <laughs> they can't all be winners so the next game we're going to talk about comes to us from the world of pikmin um this is another uh a nintendo franchise that has never connected with me on the way that it has connected with a lot of other people yeah. um I have bought uh, Pikmin, Pikmin 2, uh, and Pikmin 3, and uh, Pikmin 3 probably came the closest to grabbing me, but I, I never was, I never stuck with it, and I don't really know why, uh, because I could tell while I was playing it that I was playing something special, and I, I really, I, I got the good feels from it, but for some reason it just never really uh, stuck with me. I always felt lost, I never really felt like I knew what I was doing, Um so uh, this this particular remix is really interesting to me um, because uh, I I rather like both the original piece and the new piece. Uh, I, I'm not entirely sure which one I like better. So this comes to us from Smash Brothers Brawl, which was uh, uh, the first Smash game that featured Pikmin in it. Um, this is World Map uh, is the name of the track, and it is uh, arranged by Yasunori Mitsuda. Uh, who is freaking legendary for work on Chrono Trigger, Xenogears, Soma Bringer, just to, to name a few. Uh, the original comes to us from Pikmin 2 um, by Hajime Wakai. 
and uh, it, it's a really, really nice, really, really nice song. Um, uh, really, both versions are excellent. Uh, and this was a GameCube game, so we're not really, uh, we're not coming from um, you know, old chip tunes or anything here. We're coming from some, from some pretty well put together music to begin with. So um, here's a quick, uh, a quick taste of what the original sounded like. Now that you got that in your head, uh, again, I can't say for a hundred percent certainty without being incredibly, uh, in tune with the Pikmin soundtracks, uh, that this doesn't sample more than just that one song. But, uh, this is, uh, where my research led me, uh, that was, that was really just covering the world map. So here is the world map tune, uh, again, arranged by Yasunori Mitsuda from, uh, Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Enjoy.
so there we have World Map from Smash Brothers Brawl, originally from Pikmin 2. Uh, how'd that one grab you? I mean, it's it's a pleasant piece. Um, I don't have any experience with Pikmin other than, you know, seeing screenshots and, you know, artwork for it and stuff like that. Um, again, I think it's a game that came around at a time that I was kind of like, uh, you know, it's a little too... Uh, too family friendly for me i want blood and guts <laughs> and violence <laughs> um so i kind of stayed away from that um but uh but for, uh, from a sonic point of view it's great it's it's a beautiful track i i almost can't imagine that being the background of uh the background music of a of a fighting game you know some of these tunes that we listen to today i i couldn't envision being in the background of of a brawl or excuse me, Smash Brothers game, but mm. there they are. <laughs> but there they are. Mm. What I like a lot about this is, I mean, obviously, I, I, I'm I, a big fan of uh, Mitsuda's work, uh, Chrono Trigger in particular. Um, I really like the reinvention of this piece. Um, from the, the original version, um, uh, having a, a more of a, I guess flute based uh, was kind of what was a, it was it was very fluty the um the 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 main melody and this one kind of sounds almost bagpipes ish I can't really place the exact uh, instrument that they're using for this um, but I really like that sound uh, it, it has this very neat kind of organic sound and um, uh, th- th- this piece really kind of inspired me to want to play Pikmin more um, because I, I wound up, I was buying games for the sake of buying games way back in the day. And I, you know, I bought Pikmin, I bought Pikmin too, and I never even got around to, to, to trying Pikmin too. And I, I only very, you know, put a very cursory play into um, uh, Pikmin one and, until I played Brawl and, and hearing this music really made me want to go back and put some effort into really trying the game because uh, the, this song really stuck with me. I, I, I think that it's, um, it's orchestrated very well. I think all the instruments come together very nicely, and uh, it's it's a really nice uh, melody uh, that that's stuck with me. And anytime I play uh, a Pikmin stage in Smash, I always hope for this song to be the one that plays on it because it's probably my favorite of the Pikmin tunes that are in Smash. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it don't again, like I said, it's a it's a beautiful track. I mean, again, with but with no connection to the series, it's mm-hmm. it's a little. Uh, I guess it's a little lost on me. Yeah, and I guess I guess all that I'm I'm saying is that with very little connection to the series, uh this 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 track still uh resonates with me when when thinking of important tracks to listen to in the <laughs> Smash soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, there you go. I mean, again, beautiful orchestration. Um I know you know it's funny you're you're trying to pinpoint that uh uh would you say it was bagpipe sound i i mm-hmm. see the instrument in my head it's not a bagpipe but it's in the bagpipe family and i can't think for the life of me what it is um it's almost a middle eastern uh instrument hmm. uh and i i i definitely don't know the name but i've seen it and i've heard it played and i'm i feel like that's the instrument uh that you're thinking of well, you had said that uh, this was uh, the type of music you couldn't imagine in a Smash Brothers game. Yes. But the next one certainly could be, because <laughs> we're moving on to the world of Punch-Out! Oh, I was so happy. I was so happy when they announced Little Mac for Smash Brothers, because he's one of the Nintendo characters that is a fighter. How was he not in this game before? Like, from day one. 
right from day yeah. one he makes so much sense and i i all i almost completely love his treatment in smash brothers there's there's uh, some of his personality i think is wrong in smash in smash he's very angry mm-hmm. um and little mac has never really been portrayed as angry uh in you know especially in punch out Wii and and the original mike tyson's punch out uh which was the first game that actually had little mac in it um he was always portrayed as this like little go-getter that was really happy to be there um you he, know obviously he was he's an underdog fighter, like always he was an yeah, an underdog and a happy underdog at that. You know, right. This character smiles a lot in those games. And in Smash, he never smiles. He's always scowling. And that's that always kind of bugs me about him, but I'm still just so happy to have him there. Um, and I like that his, uh, his moveset seems to be based off a lot of the original arcade punch-out, which is technically not Little Mac. It was the Challenger. Uh, whose face looks absolutely nothing like little Mac, but the, <laughs> you know, you can play as him with the, uh, the, the green wire frame and stuff too. And smash, they, they treated this, the punch out franchise really interestingly in smash. And, um, it is one of my sincerest hopes that, uh, there is some sort of boxer, um, preferably King hippo or bald bull that shows up as an assist trophy. Uh, that'd be cool. Would be, they would make great assist trophies. Um, I love Punch Out. It's really, really one of my all-time favorite uh, Nintendo franchises. Uh, every Punch Out game is just—I so, I put real, unbelievable amounts of time into the Punch Out games. Um, Punch Out Wii was a, a, a freaking revelation. Uh, Super Punch Out for Super Nintendo again on the Super NES Classic Edition. Great Punch Out game. Um, when they announced that they put the original punch out arcade game on the arcade, uh, arcade archives for switch. I, I couldn't have been happier. Really hope they do super punch out as well, but, um, I love punch out. So, uh, this right here, uh, is, uh, yeah, just go back and listen to our punch out episode that we did a while ago. <laughs> um, this right here is uh, called minor circuit theme, uh, minor circuit theme remix from smash four. Uh, this remix, uh, this, uh, Remix arrangement comes from Koji Hamaya of boy. Uh, I, I did some research on this name and I came up with Choaniki and Super Robot Wars, maybe. Uh, <laughs> not a hundred percent positive, but uh, yeah, uh, it's quite an <laughs> if you're unfamiliar with Choaniki, uh, go ahead and Google that and have have fun uh but the original um mike tyson's punch out uh is attributed to several different names uh this original tune um does hail from mike tyson's punch out for nes originally uh and it is just the regular bout theme uh by yukio kaneoka akito nakatsuka and kenji yamamoto for mike tyson's punch out so uh if by some reason you need a refresher this is what the original sounded like the uh pretty uh pretty badass remix this is a minor circuit theme from smash 4 enjoy
So that was Minor Circuit Theme Remix from Smash 4. Uh, I really think the only words that can sum that up are, oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah? Oh yeah! Oh yeah. That's pretty weird, isn't it, right? A little. Because it's not referencing anything. No. I can't think of any part of any Punch-Out game that that is referencing. That's just there. It's very strange. It feels very uh, Japanese. You know what I mean? Like they have a tendency to do uh, interesting and strange things with their stuff. I feel like well, it's certainly interesting and strange. Japanese. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I like that tune. It's it's not life alteringly amazing. Um, <laughs> if anything, the fact that I think that's the best uh, punch out song in this game. Uh, it just goes to show how relatively disappointed I was in the Punch-Out! music selections in this game, because um, Punch-Out! Wii did something really amazing with that particular tune. Um, You know, that's the bout theme that was used in every stage of Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! Super Punch-Out! had its own different set of music, and uh, theoretically, Little Mac wasn't even in that game. He was retroactively called Little Mac. Uh, It was just kind of more based on the arcade games and featured a different you know, protagonist boxer. But when Punch-Out! Wii came around, it was very much based off of the world of Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! to the extent of having every character from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! in the game. What's neat about Punch-Out! characters is that they're all just gross stereotypes. Um, uh, Some really borderline and not even borderline offensive, especially if you go back to the old arcade games. So what they did with Punch-Out! Wii was that they just straight up owned it instead of trying to hide any of it. Um, and they made not only the stereotypes uh, just kind of loud and proud, but made sure that the characters themselves were as, I guess, faithful to their original regions as possible. So every character spoke their native language. Um, and each stay each character that you faced off against in punch out would have a different version of the minor circuit theme uh that, that we were just listening to uh done in basically the style of music that is popular uh from their particular regions you know so like you face off against don flamenco and it has a spanish flair to it uh, it's all done on spanish guitars um it was really quite incredible. <laughs> uh, it, it, the Punch-Out! Wii soundtrack is really worth listening to because you're listening to the same song over and over again, but it's always done with a, a, a different flavor. Uh, it's, it was really, really remarkably done. So the fact that there wasn't some version of this that just kind of traveled the world of all of the different versions of that circuit theme uh, it was somewhat disappointing to me. It's, but It seems like a very lost opportunity, a very missed opportunity. Um I don't know. Maybe it was too much for them to do. I really don't know. I I feel like I feel like they really didn't. They knew that they needed to put this character in the game, but they didn't really know exactly what to do with him. Mm. Um, and from a a fighter standpoint, you know, his moves don't. The only thing that really is Little Mac, uh, or not even Little Mac, but is Punch Out about this character's moves is the fact that he's a boxer, and they use the um the KO meter from uh. Punch Out, Super Punch Out Arcade, and Super Punch Out for Super Nintendo, but like there's there's no reference to the star punches or anything like that, or um, really any of the moves that Mac does 
to box in Punch Out, which is a strange thing um, coming from Smash Brothers, seeing how very, very in tune with the characters, you know, with their move sets are all so very based on things that these characters would and have done. Um, I don't know. Little Max treatment at Smash Brothers is weird. Um, but it was important to me that we include music from one of my favorite series, uh, and it is a pretty decent tune. Just not incredible. <laughs> Nothing to write home to mom about. Nothing to write home to mom about, but I tell you what is, is what we are about to listen to oh, hell yeah. here. So, Street Fighter, being represented in Smash, is another one of those things that I, the, the announcement of it, um, was spoiled like the day before because the internet is an awful place and nobody can let people be surprised by things. Nope. Because if it'll get you some clicks on your website, you better spoil it immediately, even if yeah. it's going to be announced the following day. I I hate spoiler culture so much. I, I, I have a podcast for another podcast. But um, <laughs> the fact that Ryu is in Smash Brothers and the fact that he has done so flawlessly uh, is, is incredible to me. Now, you haven't played Smash 4. No, sir. Um, so per- perhaps you don't know the extent of what they did with Ryu in this game. When Ryu attacks somebody, the sound effects are from Street Fighter 2. Nice. So you got the old, like, the punch world warrior the sound. punch, and, like the thuds of just like the <laughs> sounds That's when you awesome. hit somebody. Uh, it's They did Ryu so flawlessly in Smash Brothers. I absolutely love it. Uh, and this particular music is uh, is done remarkably well as well. Uh, this is Ryu Stage, again from Smash 4. Um, this arrangement is done by Yoko Shimomura. Uh, she's worked on the Final Fight, Mario & Luigi Dream Team, and the Kingdom Hearts series. Uh, and of course, the original uh, Ryu Stage theme comes from Iso Abe. Oh, hey, look at that. That was a, a big, fat, factual error. Uh, I am coming to you from the future after we've posted this and i've been corrected it turns out that no the uh reuse theme was not by iso abe it was actually by yoko shimamura the woman who uh did this wonderful arrangement so uh thank you to matt flamger listener of the podcast for uh pointing that out to me and uh well here i am correcting it so i'm, I'm gonna bring you right back travel back in time to uh, when we recorded the podcast and uh, just know that anytime I mention Iso Abe from here on out, it's incorrect because this track was originally by Yoko Shimomura. And now back to your regularly scheduled wave back uh, from Street Fighter to the World Warrior. Um, this is a legendary tune and uh, a really remarkable remake, but just for kicks and giggles, here is the original version to, to refresh it in your brain. Every conceivable So many way. memories right there. So many memories right there. No matter what version of Street Fighter you played, you've heard that song oh, before. Yeah. And this version, it may not impress you right away. <laughs> Give it a minute. It'll get there. This is Ryu Stage from Smash 4. Enjoy.
so no contest. That is my favorite song of the night. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that, definitely. <laughs> no contest. Oh, boy. Um, The attention to detail in this, the almost a bait and switch of like, you know what kind of cover this is going to be when it starts off with just a relatively straight cover with great instrument choices, except that quasi cheesy synthesizer to play the main melody, just kind of that little bait and switch, because then it just kind of turns off like a light switch and goes to that, that violin. That violin is gorgeous, by the way. Oh my God. The violin and the piano, just like really, the really deep piano. Oh my God, that whole section is incredible, and it just it open palmed smacked me like a pimp the first time I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> like I owed it money. What? I was just like, oh my god. Oh man, that oh. might be the line of the night. <laughs> just knocked my socks right off of my feet, and then <laughs> just kind of immediately after that, they they it does the whole speed up thing, like it did in the original arcade street fighter too. Like when you're about to lose, it just does that thing where it just keeps getting faster and faster and to, to incorporate that. So flawless seamlessly into this and then just loop right back around. And just when you think you've got yourself a regular loop on your hands, they've replaced the synthesizer with that violin playing the main theme yeah. before looping back. To, this song is incredible. Like the original composition is incredible to begin with but this one oh rocks me to my core every time this is so such good stuff such good stuff oh yeah uh i mean everything you said is is spot on it's it's a beautiful rendition of of a very iconic um street fighter 2 track you know the whole franchise you know it, do, it doesn't matter how many characters are in the franchise i think the first person you normally think of is ryu and uh, yeah, he's he's the face of the series. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely the face of the series, and uh, a fitting track, you know, uh, was made for him and you know for the Smash series. Yeah, and you know this was also this was tough because there's a really badass version of Ken's theme too that they threw in this. Oh, it's so good! Now, but see, I, I had to pick this one. Now, see, I'm a Ken guy. I I there's something. You know, in the beginning, they both had the exact same move set. You know, uh, Street Fighter Two, and then mm-hmm. as the games began to grow, they kind of separated them, and they gave Ryu mm-hmm. the the bigger Hadouken, they gave uh, Ken the, the Super Dragon Punch and stuff. So I I gravitated mm-hmm. more towards Ken. I, I I I've never really been able to choose which one of those characters I'm better with. Yeah. Um, I feel like I I like Ryu a tiny bit better, but I mean Ryu and Ken they they go. They're, those two characters go hand in hand, and yes. if Smash, if Smash Ultimate does not have Ken as an Echo Fighter, I won't even know how to wrap my head around that because Ken is the original Echo Fighter. <laughs> he Basically, was, well, it, he existed to be a player too. I mean, to Ryu. It, it depends on what side of that fence you sit. You know, if you're staunch Ken, you're going to say, "Well, Ryu's the Echo Fighter," but you know that's well, no. I mean, Street Fighter One, you were Ryu. Yeah, unless yeah. There was a second player. I'll always look they... at Street Fighter Two, though. You know what I mean? I... Like that's my frame of reference. Street Fighter One, sure, okay, it started the series, but Street Fighter Two is, you know, by far and wide, like more accepted, I think, than Part One. Yeah, Street Fighter Two was where it was, you know, where it was all 
all born, but you know, Ryu is the face of the series, and and Ken has always been that echo fighter. If you know, Ken has yeah. always been the counterpoint, you know, Ryu is heads, Ken is tails. Like oh, even personality it, wise and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's that that the concept of echo fighters exists in Smash Ultimate. Like Ken has to be there. You you barely have to change him. Like. I mean, you could go as far as they've gone in Street Fighter Five, which is to you know really change him. But he really, the Ryu seems to be mostly based on Street Fighter Two Ryu. From mm-hmm. well, that's not even visually. He's based a lot on Street Fighter Two, but he's got aspects of uh, you know Street Fighter Three and Street Fighter Four in his uh, a Smash move set as well. So I don't know. He's is incredibly thoughtfully done. Um, Ken's got to be in there, and there is a great rendition of Ken's stage theme in Smash Four as well. Uh, really, really impressive. But Yoko Shimomura, that woman knows how to do Ryu music. Holy crap, <laughs> that was awesome! All right, uh, on to another third-party character because we're in third-party character mode here. Uh, in fact, all the rest of these uh, songs we'll be listening to as third-party characters, and this was. The first third-party character announced for a Smash Brothers game, which was also the third-party character that I think was expected the least, and that would be Solid Snake. Yeah, because if we were going to get a third-party character in Smash, you know, the the first thought was that it would be Sonic, who was eventually unveiled for Smash in the, that same game. But the fact that Solid Snake mm-hmm. <laughs> was in the background of that trailer, coming out of the cardboard box, having the codec conversation with Colonel Campbell. What the hell? I think it was more unexpected because of the way I think we looked at game developers and IPs and who owned what. And and for them to allow, you know, what essentially felt like a Sony uh, property to be on a Nintendo game was like mind melting, at least for me. I know that's exactly how I felt when I saw that. Well, I mean, that didn't really, that wasn't really a thing for me because, uh, I mean, even just a a year or two prior, you had Metal Gear Solid, the Twin Snakes on GameCube, you know, Mm. I mean, and and Metal Gear was on, you know, the, the original Metal Gear is an NES game. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And it's like, that's, and that, that's freaking iconic right there, especially here in America. I know the, the NES version is pretty reviled elsewhere in the world because we didn't (laughs) get the MSX version, uh, which was uh, Kojima's original creation. But, you know, when we were kids, you know, Metal Gear was one of those franchises for the NES that was like as big as your, your, your Contras (laughs) and your Ninja Gaidens, you know, the original Metal Gear for NES is a classic. So, I mean, Granted, Metal Gear Solid was such a huge PlayStation game, but there's always been that very heavy Nintendo connection. I mean, even when Metal Gear Solid came out on PlayStation, shortly after there was a Game Boy Color version. So the fact that Solid Snake was involved in a Nintendo thing, you know, especially hot off the heels of the excellent Twin Snakes on GameCube, wasn't that big of a shock to me. It was just the shock that Solid Snake of all characters was being put into Smash. I mean, the Metal Gear games are rated M for mature for crying out loud. Yeah. Like this is a very th- this is a very human character <laughs> being put in here. And how deep it went with all the codec conversations and everything was just insane to me. I, I loved having Snake in there and I'm so glad he's back for Ultimate. I'm so thrilled. Uh, that 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 snake is back because just having the world of Metal Gear in Smash, it made no sense and all the sense at the same time because <laughs> Metal Gear, you know, Metal Gear as serious as it takes itself has also always been very aware that it's a video game and just 
know, slightly left of center in more than one instance. Yeah, this is very true. So uh, what we're going to listen to is uh, Encounter, which came to us from Smash Brothers Brawl. Uh, this particular rendition of it comes to us from uh, Yasufumi Fukuda, who has worked on Soul Calibur Four, Ace Attorney Investigations, Sonic Generations. Uh, we, I believe, mentioned him earlier because he's the same person who did the Mute City version we listened to. <laughs> Uh, the original comes to us from uh, Metal Gear Solid for PlayStation. Uh, this was by uh, uh, Kazuki Muroka. I think I pronounced that right. Um, and uh, honestly, these tunes are remarkably different from one another, but I did think it was important to listen to uh, some Metal Gear music. So um, here is the uh, original version of Encounter from Metal Gear Solid. Got that in your head? Here is the version of Encounter that was featured in Smash Brothers Brawl. Enjoy! from smash brothers brawl and uh that will always always give me anxiety <clears throat> excuse me uh yeah i agree that that i mean that to me that's quintessential uh metal gear solid music and yes that's um 
anxiety inducing not you know there there aren't many games nowadays i feel like that rely heavily on the stealth factor so nowadays you could just like shoot your way through a level that you know uh could have used uh stealth but mm. that game was very stealth based and i appreciated that and of course when you hear that music that means your cover's blown and <laughs> it means you've been spotted and they're trying to find it kill you yeah just god hiding under the tank and thinking that I was in the clear. He's like, in that first open area, (laughs) one of the earlier spots in the game where there's that tank and you can crawl under there like, they're never going to spot me here. And their feet walk on by. It's like, all right, I'm good. I'm good. You get out. Nope, I'm not good. (laughs) Damn it. They didn't get very far. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I was not great at Metal Gear. That was a huge learning curve for me because I've never (laughs) been good at stealth segments in games. I'm either so paranoid that I won't move or I'm not paranoid enough and I always get spotted. Uh, Metal Gear Solid took me a while to beat. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I did beat it and I beat Metal Gear Solid 2. And I mean, I beat Metal Gear for NES back in the day and Snake's Revenge. And um, uh, I did Metal Gear Solid on PlayStation. I did uh, Twin Snakes, did Metal Gear Solid 2. Uh, Solid 3 was where I stopped because uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 was so involved. I think when I had spent like 45 minutes trying to figure out the best camouflage for one yes. like three foot segment to travel before I needed to change camouflage <laughs> again, I was like, you know what? I will never finish this game. <laughs> I just, I'm going to go ahead and tag out and say that this game has beaten me. That's that's like the exact same thought process and the exact same moment where I tapped out of the series too. Um, the f- and I can't say that it's bad. Like, no, that was a really cool game. Yeah. Um, but I just I can't do it. I can't wrap my head around the concept of being able to beat that game. Um and uh kind of you know, I, I kept buying Metal Gear games after that. Uh up until Metal Gear Solid 5, I had every Metal Gear game that was released. Uh, uh I everything up to Metal Gear Revengeance, uh Metal Gear Rising Revengeance or whatever the hell that game was called. If that's not the name Metal of the Gear game, Acid it should be that's too, such a great I, word, revengeance. Yeah. Revengeance. <laughs> so I don't know. This is a this is a neat rendition of that. It's not it's it's different enough from the original version. Like yeah. it's very clearly a brand new arrangement of it. It's just uh it has such a similar feel. Um it's if you didn't know better, I would almost say it's indistinguishable just from a tone perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but end of the day, that's a damn good piece of music. So Sure. It could, Big old thumbs up. I feel like it could that that remake could end up in a you know Mission Impossible movie or a, you know a Jack Reacher piece you know something it it's got espionage it's got stealth it's you know it's got all the elements that you want in that piece in that uh, Metal Gear uh, pantheon of music. Yeah, it definitely has the has the feeling down. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right, well, the last one we're going to listen to before we send you off uh, into the sunset tonight uh, <laughs> comes from, uh, really, this is one of my all-time favorite Sonic the Hedgehog pieces, and I was beyond thrilled to hear that it was in the game. Um, obviously, as a, as a Nintendo kid growing up uh, through the Nintendo versus Sega era, yep. when Sonic the Hedgehog was announced as a character in Smash, I just about lost my mind. Because uh, you could finally have Mario and Sonic beat the crap out of each other. Like, not compete in the Olympics, beat the heck out of one yeah, another. Yeah, like physically beat the crap out of one another. 
And, uh, you know, naturally I expected, you know, um, the Green Hill Zone to be featured prominently as far as the music is concerned. Um, but one of my favorite tracks in all of Sonic Sonicdom is uh, the Angel Island Zone, <laughs> for, uh, the first stage of Sonic 3. I've, I've always had such a soft spot for Sonic 3. I love that game so much. And um, the fact that they did a version of Angel Island Zone in Smash uh really just impressed me and not only that they did it but that they did it so well um this parta- th- this uh, rendition of it uh comes from uh Jun Senyue I don't know Ooh. how to pronounce this guy's name he's the he's, he's the guy who does the modern sonic music um all the all the the stupid butt rock of sonic heroes <laughs> you know singing about your friends and believing in your dreams and following your heart and looking to the stars oh, man. Uh, all that just putridly awful sonic music but i gotta <laughs> tell you when this guy remakes classic game music it is on freaking point we were talking earlier a few weeks ago about his uh, rendition of the Mega Man 4 music and it's just like wow Keep letting this guy remake classic game music because it sounds awesome. Just not make his uh, so, own. <laughs> yeah. So this is uh, Angel Island Zone uh, showed up in um, Smash Brothers Brawl. Uh, the original comes from Sonic 3 by uh, so many different artists, I won't even pretend to be able to list them all. Um, Sonic 3's <laughs> soundtrack is apparently handled by like an army of people that may or may not include Michael Jackson. So uh, we're just going to say various artists. Uh, This combines uh, Angel Island Zone Act 1 and 2 together. So here's a brief refresher course on what those songs sound like. You got that in your mind? Uh, this is a probably my second favorite track we're going to listen to tonight because it just freaking rocks. Uh, enjoy uh, this fancy new version of Angel Island Zone from Smash Brothers Brawl. <laughs> Oh, 
And that was Angel Island Zone from Smash Brothers Brawl and Woohoo! <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I had no doubt that you would. <laughs> it's so it's it's a very smart rendition of that song, I yeah. think, because it uh, it, it really does it the atten- again the attention to detail is really 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 spot on in this. The every little piece of the original version is incorporated into this in some way, shape, or form. I mean, right down to the like the the the, the vibraphone or whatever it is that that plays that the intro to it. You know what I mean? Like kind of playing that over a bunch of electric guitars is intrinsically strange, but. Um, it, it kind of works, but I think what really ties this whole thing together was besides the fact that it, it really just takes every piece of the song and kind of uh, carries it with it. You know, it doesn't lose anything in the transition to this this type of more rock and roll uh, uh, version of this song. Uh, the drums are really clever. Um, the, the way that he handled the drum beat throughout this entire thing is uh, is very 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 cool. Like that. Um, very hi-hat heavy bit where it's not your 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 basic one two three four going the whole time like it's a uh you're not getting your snare on the two and the four you're only getting it on the four and that's a that's a really neat way of kind of just mixing up the the feel of the uh, the initial chunk of this song and before they move on to the you know act two where everything's a little bit more intense it's just a very smartly put together uh cover of these two songs and you know, again, there's there's something kind of neat about the fact that this is the guy that's all, that's pretty much responsible for all modern Sonic music. Um, and for as much as I don't have a particular taste for that, uh, it's neat hearing that guy's take on actual classic Sonic. Because, you know, for as much as I may not enjoy a lot of his, his music, uh, there's no question that this guy's a Sonic fan. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> hearing his, his homage to some classic Sonic music is really cool. But this was, um, I love it. I love every ounce of it. It's a, it's a beautiful rendition as, you know, almost every single one of these pieces is. I think maybe of, of all the episodes thus far, there's only been one or two questionable uh, choices. Uh, and this isn't short. This is nothing short of a, of a, just another great track um, and the great rendition of a, of a good track to begin with. Um, mm. It was probably a great choice to have him remake it because you can definitely hear what you so affectionately dubbed as butt rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think, I think it works in this. Um, I think it works this way in this way um, for this track, because there's definitely uh, like it's, it's an upbeat tune to begin with the original. And then he comes along and just, Kind of modernizes it a bit, uh, brings it into you know uh, the modern arena of of video game music, and there's a level of high energy that comes with it. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, you know a lot of Sonic stuff. You know, back in the day, you're, man, this character's running real fast. And then as the iterations came and 3D became involved, you know, they, he got quote unquote faster and faster and faster. And so I think the um, the makeover of of Angel Island uh, definitely went in the same direction that the graphics and speed went with uh, Sonic. So I think it's just a natural progression. It's the natural evolution of the music, and, and it's a fantastic job. Um, I was never a big, big Sonic guy, per se. Uh, you know, I owned part one, and I, I played part two, but over time I, I fell out of favor with it. But um, this is this is really, really good. I um 
I was always jealous of my uh, secretly jealous of my friends with Sonic because uh, this was when I was still a staunch, such a staunch Nintendo supporter that mm-hmm. anything that wasn't Nintendo could go straight to hell and die. <laughs> um, but I was always secretly jealous of the Sonic games. And really, by the time Sonic 3 rolled around, I was no longer secretly jealous. I just was straight up excited for my buddy Greg to get this game because uh, I loved the idea of Knuckles. I was, I was yeah. so enamored by just the mystery of that character and... You know, the fact that it was like this was the first half of the game and then Sonic and Knuckles came later to kind of finish it off. Um, and I just remember seeing the intro to this one where he's flying on the the, the plane over the, the ocean and then going supersonic and then you know, Knuckles just pops up and yanks the, uh, the Chaos Emeralds right away from him. I was so impressed with the, the look of Sonic 3 um, and the sound of it. It was... Uh, as much as I don't love the Genesis sound, um, Sonic the Hedgehog music just—it wouldn't sound right coming out of any other, any other instrument set. It really transcends the medium. And um, Angel Island Sound has always been one of my favorites. Just no, no question about it. <laughs> well, that's gonna do it. Yeah, man. That is uh, that is our show for tonight. Thank you again for listening. Join us next time when we will finally be concluding this Super Smash Brothers journey by highlighting the rest of the IPs that are represented in Smash, particularly the ones that don't have a specific fighters attached to them, including Pilot Wings, Wii Sports, and Tetris. Plus the last few straggling fighters like Ice Climbers, Mr. Game & Watch, Rob, and Duck Hunt. As always, we would love to hear everyone's thoughts and memories of the video games we discussed here today, and you can do so on the Waveback Facebook page. Just search for Waveback on Facebook, you'll find out more information on our next games, as well as a nice, convenient place to talk about them. Of course, you can always still send us an email at mail.geekade.com, and while you're at it, check out all our social media channels, which you should totally follow, like, and subscribe to if you haven't already. And be sure to check out all the other great content we have on our site over at geekade.com. We're going to play you out tonight with some more great arcade remix music by music by Hip Tanaka in the form of the Pac-Man Club Mix. <laughs> uh, you'll remember Hip Tanaka also did that cool Donkey Kong one that we listened to the other uh, an episode or so ago. Uh, so this one uh, comes from Smash 4. Smash 4 being the first game to include Pac-Man as a playable character, which I love <laughs> so much that Pac-Man is in Smash Oh God! And in his, we talked again before about how um they didn't know what to do with Little Mac. They knew exactly what to do with Pac Man. Even incorporating stuff from uh, freaking Pac Land with the the fire hydrant and stuff. It's, oh God, I love love <laughs> Pac Man's inclusion in Smash. is ridiculous. Um, so yeah, this remix is uh, done by Hirokazu Tanaka of balloon fight metroid kid icarus many other of my favorite game soundtracks of all time uh the original i guess you would call it the original tune um because this is a this kind of really just pulls from a lot of the uh little jingles i guess that came from the original pac-man arcade game uh by toshio kai uh from pac-man arcade so um a guess quick refresher of what the pac-man intro sounds like um so with that in mind uh enjoy the (laughs) pac-man club mix uh which is really freaking weird and uh i don't even know what to say about it just enjoy it because it's awesome and wish that you were playing pac-man to it yeah uh we'll see you next time everybody uh any final words matt uh no be kind to each other play more games be excellent to each other and party on dude (laughs) good night everyone